Welcome to the Socialista Podcast, a collection of stories from Las Vegas creatives. My name's Brianna, and I'm going to be your guide to the city of Las Vegas, where I will be unveiling the stories of all of our amazing creatives, makers, entrepreneurs, and community changers. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Socialista Podcast. I'm very excited to be back. I am here with a very exciting and special guest. I have Kim from Sober in Vegas with me. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so um, for listeners who may not know, um, Kim started a blog called Sober in Vegas. So Kim, I would love for you just to talk more about what the blog is and why you started it. Yeah. Um, well, I started the blog because I was trying to navigate my own sobriety in Las Vegas. (laughs) I started it uh, kind of as a therapeutic outlet because I, when I initially decided to stop drinking, I had just recently moved back home to Vegas. I'm from here, but I'd moved away and um, my husband and I were just moving back and I decided to stop drinking and I thought that it was sort of uh, ironic that I was getting sober when I was moving home to Vegas. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to start it as just a way to keep myself accountable with the decision and a place to to just write about the journey that I was having and also to, you know, let other people know if they were in Las Vegas that they weren't alone. Cause, and, and interestingly enough, I found a lot of other people that were already sober in Las Vegas okay. from the blog. So it, it started as something for me to be a personal accountability tool and it's ended up being a really neat way to meet other people. Yeah, that's really amazing. And I love, um, we were talking before, I love that it gives this community a sense of community. You know, they have somebody (laughs) and other people to go to, um, especially being in Las Vegas. (laughs) I can't imagine how difficult it must have been or, you know, what, what was that like for you moving back and going on this new sober journey (laughs) well so what happened is we were living in Chicago and I had sort of like started playing around with like thinking about moderation when we were Uh living in Chicago and this was in December I think of 2014 and I decided like to take a month off of drinking okay and during that month off of drinking, I unfortunately was laid off from my dream job. Oh, no. <laughs> and it was a moment where I I kind of realized that I had two paths ahead of me. I was either going to go on the biggest bender that I'd ever gone on, mm-hmm. like just out of depression and sadness, mm-hmm. or I was going to say, okay, this is it. I'm really going to stop drinking. Yeah. And I'm going to deal with this sadness Uh without (laughs) self-medicating. Sure, yeah. So the move was actually a really good thing because I was completely out of my... Like, it was a new life that I was starting, Mm -hmm. and I had created some really bad habits for myself in Chicago, but then by Mm -hmm. moving back here, essentially I was lucky enough to have a complete life reset. Like, I got to have a new job where I could create new habits. Sure. I got to live in a new place where I got to create new habits. I was living in a city where I had to drive. 
So I oh, couldn't, okay, yeah. like in Chicago, I could do whatever I wanted because I didn't have to drive anywhere afterwards. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. That so makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually, like, ironically, the best thing that could have happened to me yeah. is that I would be moving back to Las Vegas when I was starting to to stop drinking. Yeah, it's really amazing to hear these little things that I guess, especially living in what a lot of people would call the city of sin, like little things of you need to drive to work that I guess, um, you know, the opposite end on my perspective, I would have never have thought that would have been something <laughs> useful, but it's really, it makes sense. And I, I can see why resetting in Vegas to get you out of Chicago probably really pushed you forward. Yeah. yeah, and also being back with my family. Um, oh, your family is my also family. From... Li- yeah, my okay. family's from here. Um, my husband's family is from here. Oh, okay. So a lot it of was support. yeah, a lot of support, and yeah. it took me a long time to kind of be honest with everyone in my life about what I was doing. Like initially, mm-hmm. I just said, um, you know, oh, I'm I'm not drinking tonight. Like I would just do it as a like, just tell people like, oh, just tonight I'm taking a night off. Yeah, yeah. Rather, and it took me probably like a year and a half to really start to think about like the word sobriety like what sobriety was and what that meant yeah. it's me. almost interesting I don't know if you feel this way but because luckily this community is growing but I almost feel like in our culture when you say that oh I'm taking the night off or I'm, I'm not drinking tonight or I'm going on a journey of sobriety it's almost I don't know. It's it's one of, not a shameful word, but it's almost like taboo in a way for for certain communities. I think so, and it's it's been interesting. I thought a lot of my friends would give me a hard time about it, mm-hmm. <laughs> but the truth is that no one cared, and I don't mean that in a bad yeah, way. I yeah. mean that in a good way. There's like you know, like we're all you're involved in our own lives. Yeah, and I thought that you know my friends would be really like upset about it. Yeah, and in a way, like they're like okay. Like, yeah, like, like good for you, Kim. Yeah, we're happy. And I think that in a lot of ways that was a relief. And uh-huh. then the people that really had a lot of questions for me about it were actually people that, as our friendship has gone on, have kind of talked to me about maybe taking their own, like t- maybe themselves taking a month off of drinking. And, and it was yeah. a lot of times that questions were coming to me, like not in a way that I dreaded, like that's so stupid that you're doing that. Yeah. Or like, what's your problem? It was more like, so how did you get started or why did you feel like you wanted to stop drinking? And those questions to me, I, I could tell like we're coming from a place of like sort of maybe they were questioning their own decisions mm. and wanted to talk more about like what it would look like for them. Or yeah. maybe they just even wanted to be more mindful about the alcohol decisions that they were making, which which was surprising. to I didn't mm. think that it would be that way. I thought it was going to be something that I would like, have to really you know, defend. Sure. No one cared. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I guess that's kind of a wonderful and beautiful thing. Um, and also curiosity is always beautiful. You know, I think coming from a place of, from curiosity out of, you know, rather than like malice or disgust, you know, I feel like that probably is much easier to (laughs) deal with. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's, I guess for me, because I'm almost 25 now, so my experience with alcohol was only in college. Like, I only started drinking, like, right before... Me too, actually. I, was... I didn't drink when I was younger at all. Yeah, see, that was, like, <laughs> being being a younger person, and at that time, like, in high school, kids were already starting, and it was at that age, that age span from high school to college, it's weird if you don't. 
you're kind of at least for um, at least where I grew up a lot of luckily a lot of my friends you know they didn't start drinking until they were a little bit older mm-hmm. at, at least 21 maybe like 1920 um, but it definitely there's there's that like well what's wrong with you like we're all going out why don't you want to drink or like okay have fun in your dorm room by yourself <laughs> basically and then, um, yeah that that's more my perspective and definitely just I guess at that age it's more of a weird thing than it is now when you're an adult and you can make your own decisions and people aren't really worried about what you're doing yeah yeah and I think I don't know for me it definitely was since I never drank when I was younger like Mm -hmm. the minute I did I was like I'm a person that does things kind of full throttle yeah (laughs) it was like oh this is great and I love the way that I feel so I'm gonna do this all the time every day always I want to feel this way Mm mm-hmm and after, like, I'm, I'm 30, I'm turning 35 this year, okay. and when I got into my 30s, it just turned a corner, and it, like, wasn't something that I was doing, like, I was also doing it when I was out with friends, but I was mm-hmm. also doing it alone, and I was sure. also doing it for different reasons than I did it when I was, you know, 20. Right. It was, it when I was 20, I was like, this is so fun with my friends. Like, I feel so good. Exactly, yeah. And when I was 32, it was like, I'm doing this because I feel sad and I feel hopeless about the world and I want to disappear. Mm-hmm. And, like, that is, at least for me, that's when I started looking at, like, what's really going on here and, like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. So. That's really amazing. I, I give you a lot of props <laughs> for that because um, I have some family members who struggle with alcoholism and they're well into their 60s and it's, I think a lot of, well, maybe not a lot, but s- certain people don't realize, you know, the the emotional and the me- the mentality of it, you know. Well, and I, I also am a big believer, like, I'm not a prohibitionist. Like, mm-hmm. I am, there are some folks who feel that way. Like, I don't feel that way. I don't feel like, you know that every all alcohol should go away like Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's true I just for me it just wasn't helpful anymore and I was using it in a way that was problematic right so yeah I I think there's a really interesting movement that's happening online about you know people who say this isn't for me like if that's for you great sure that's just not for me anymore Mm -hmm. and also sort of something that I like that's been happening is um examining the marketing around alcohol. Yeah, you actually um, posted an Instagram story today that I saw about Whole Foods, (laughs) daily drinkers, right? Yeah. How interesting. Well, and the thing is, it's not just Whole... Like, I don't want to say, like, oh, Whole Foods is is the crux of the problem, you know? I think a lot of the problem comes from... (sighs) There's some problematic marketing, especially, I can speak only for myself, as a woman who, as a woman, A, mm-hmm. and as a mother now, B, yeah. there's a lot of marketing marketed that's specifically targeted towards women, specifically targeted towards mothers, specifically targeted towards mothers who are depressed, anxious, or tired. And I think that that can c- become really problematic. Yeah. Like, you know, you're, you're tired, you're stressed out, like, you, sh- you deserve an entire bottle of wine. And again, mm-hmm. if that's your mm-hmm. thing... That's great. I just know so many other women who have, you know, shared online and that I've known in person that that marketing is what allowed them to create problematic drinking habits because it said, like, this is okay. And if you're doing that, 
if you're trying to escape your life with this, like this is a form of escape. And I don't, I don't know that I feel like that is helpful for people. Yeah. I'm not sure that that's helpful. I also don't love the idea of escapism. You that, know, yeah. to each their own, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I think kind of this revolutionary um, mindfulness movement that's going on. I don't know. I just think, especially when it comes to substances. Yeah. I think that I can see that being very problematic. Yeah. And it's, again, like, I don't have a problem with alcohol. It's not that it shouldn't exist or that, you know, no one should ever have a drink. Sure. But I do have a problem with marketing that says this is a way to treat depression. This is a way to treat exhaustion. And often you see that it actually makes it worse. At least it did for me. Like, I know that, you know, you talked about escapism. The reason I drank so much is because I didn't want to deal with bigger problems. Like, bigger problems, like, acknowledging that I had depression, clinical depression, real Mm -hmm. depression, and I could escape that feeling by drinking And when I stopped drinking, all of a sudden I had to actually sit with those emotions and Mm. acknowledge those emotions and ultimately seek treatment for those. Right. For that. That's a scary thing for a lot of people. (laughs) It doesn't feel good. Yeah. In the long term, it's been worth it for me. Definitely. But, you know, it took a long time for me to be honest with myself about what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And again... That's, I can only speak for myself. Sure. For me, I needed to remove alcohol. For some folks, maybe it's something else. Like, I think that there are a lot of different things that we run to when there's something bigger going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I still do sometimes. Like, sometimes instead of dealing with depression, like, I go to Savers and I buy things. Yeah. And it's like... This isn't I know. helpful. I'm the same way. <laughs> like, I've had a really bad day. Like, I really just want to buy a candle. And, like, you know, right. do I really need the two or three candles? Or, but there is a but... lot of marketing that sort of backs up that impulse. It says, like, you mm. deserve this. Treat yourself. And Right, yes. Again, I don't think that that's bad all the time. But I do Moderation. think that if it, that's our only way of dealing with problems, that that can become... Uh, a bigger issue. Yeah, wouldn't it be beautiful if we could just market, like, therapy more? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and my thing is, like, for so long, I would complain to my husband that I couldn't afford therapy, but I could afford $50 drinking, mm-hmm. which is the copay for a session of therapy. Right. You know, or yeah. for so long, I complained that I couldn't afford, you know, to to travel, to see somebody. But if I didn't drink for two months, I all of a sudden probably had $250 I could scrounge together right. to go on a flight and see my brother, yeah. you know? So it's, I think it's, stopping drinking has really forced me to examine things in a way that yeah. is hard and uncomfortable and sometimes, like, <laughs> makes me upset. Right. But in the long term, I also think that the benefits have outweighed, you know, any, any, any of those problems. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Can you talk about some of the tools that you used when going through this journey? Yes. So I had a little bit of a, I think there, the thing that's another interesting thing that's happening right now is there's a lot of different paths to sobriety. Mm-hmm. For a long time, AA was a path that most people used, which is a great program. Yeah, that seems like, at least for me in my head, 
for for help or treatment yeah quote unquote that is like the number one I think a lot of at least me or a lot of other people might think of yeah I mm. think that has been really helpful to many many people I've had mm. friends go through that program and have had a lot of success with it and okay. I think that's awesome it didn't end up being the path for me mm. I ended up finding a lot of other women online that were doing a non-traditional path to sobriety. Okay. Whether that meant just cold turkey. Um, there's a there's a website and program um, called Hip Sobriety. Hip Sobriety. Um, a woman named Holly Whitaker started it, and basically her thing was like, I'm not doing AA, I'm not doing any of these programs, I'm just stopping cold turkey. I don't want to feel this way anymore. Wow. And then she's she has... Um, you know, written about that journey. She's mm-hmm. created some programs, uh, some online programs to help folks that kind of want to do that path where they say, sure. I'm just stopping, but now what? Like, how do I fill this time? How do I right. fill this void? That's like... a whole different lifestyle that <laughs> yeah. you're kind of changing overnight. So um, I found her work really, really helpful. Okay. Um, there's a podcast called The Unruffled Podcast, which I really love. It's run by two women that are creatives. Mm-hmm. And they kind of take the path of using your creativity to help with your sobriety. So both of them are makers. Okay. Um, one of them is uh, like a painter and writer. And one of them is like a fiber artist and a clothing oh, maker. Nice. And they've created some programming that's about write, like writing through sobriety mm-hmm. and, and creativity. And that, again, for me was really helpful. Like that felt more helpful to me than some sure. of the other programming that's out there. Um, and then honestly, just creating an Instagram account and connecting with people. Um, mm-hmm. One of the first sober people I met here in Las Vegas is a woman named Carly Benson. Mm-hmm. And she moved to Las Vegas probably two or three years ago and okay. she teaches yoga here. She oh, runs nice. programming um, called Miracles Are Brewing, where she uh, does online and in person co- like sobriety coaching for people. Okay. And I, I've really gravitated towards women you know, that are in, in sobriety because I, not that like, I, I just found that I wanted to talk to women about it. Sure. Um, and that I identified more with, with their journeys than other folks. Um, well, of course, but you know, yeah. and there are a lot of men out there doing incredible work as yeah. well. It's just for me, I've gravitated towards other ladies. It's whatever makes sense for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are some of the folks that I've found to be really helpful. And honestly, the Instagram community, like I, there are women that I talk to every day online that I've never met. Isn't that amazing? Like, we talk every day. It's like, how are you doing? Good. Oh, I had a bad night last night. Like, I'm not feeling so great. Yeah. And the other incredible thing that's happened is I've had personal friends reach out to me and say, hey, I think I'm ready to take this journey. Like, can we talk? And they've become people that I now have dialogue with all the time. Like, if I'm at a party or a concert, I'm like, I'm having a really hard time. Mm -hmm. I can text them and they're like, girl, I'm with you. Like, it's okay. Like, I love that. Having that community and having the people to back you up. These women. It's amazing. (laughs) It's been, like, I I grew up in, um, in a church community and I'm not, really part of a community like that anymore Mm -hmm. and I really missed having dialogue with women of all ages and sobriety has weirdly become a a special place to have dialogue with women of all different ages like right because that transcends so many different generations yes Mm -hmm. yes so that's been great and there's one other person I want to mention who she just started um this she's been a journalist for a long time and a writer for a long time but Uh this year she started a project called tell better stories okay Um, her name is erin shaw street and she 
has an Instagram account, and that's who I tagged in the Insta story with Whole Foods today. Is oh yes, okay. I she kind out. of shines a light on problematic marketing, like, and she's not mm. a prohibitionist either. Mm-hmm. She is someone who's sober, but her big thing is like, that's fine if people want to drink. Like, please stop marketing this as a f- quick fix for depression, as a quick sure. fix for as a coping mechanism. As a coping mechanism, mm-hmm. you know, please be responsible in the way that you market this. Yeah. Um. So the work that she's doing, I think, is just really really cool (laughs) yeah I would love to check that out and I think since you've mentioned the problematic marketing now that I'm kind of look thinking back to the different signs that I've seen and I guess even I mean if you want to consider this marketing but like word of mouth again like I'm I'm almost 25 and most of my drinking experiences come from college so just that group mentality (laughs) of you know like this is what we're gonna do and yeah, it's it's really really interesting. So I'd love to like learn more about that, especially because I have a now um, I work full time in a marketing agency. So you being more her. conscious <laughs> of uh, of the tactics. For yeah, sure. yeah, and I think that there's a way to still be creative in how you market alcohol without um, sort of Targeting, going like, for the lowest common denominator. Yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, could you? Um, I know from your experience it might be different from everyone else but could you maybe talk a little bit about kind of the whole spectrum or like the culture as a whole around alcohol uh, it's a big topic i don't know <laughs> yeah like in terms of um i could talk about the places that are still hard for me to be in if um, you feel comfortable as a former drinker yeah i am to a place and i I think it's honestly different for everyone who decides to stop drinking, like, kind of what their triggers are. Sure. So, for me, like, parties are fine now, especially because so many of my friends have been so thoughtful Mm -hmm. in providing me alternatives when I go to their house. Or if I'm going to somebody's new, like, who I don't know that well their house, I'll bring along a non-alcoholic Mm six-pack and some really good, like, a really nice seltzer or something. Or, like, this Italian so Like, I'll bring something with me as a a gift for the host that also then I can drink so that they don't ever feel uncomfortable by not having options. Sure. So, like, for me now, going to parties and things like that, or friend hangouts, barbecues, like, that's fine. Okay. Um, Going to restaurants has started to become much easier because I've started to feel comfortable asking, if they don't have a non-alcoholic menu, asking if I could maybe ask the bartender for something. And usually they're like, oh, yeah, going back. Like, that's fine. Yeah. Um, So those kinds of uh, situations have been easier for me. Mm -hmm. The thing that's still the hardest and and sort of heartbreaking for me is concerts um yeah because if you think about it if they have drink stands even just for water it's all still a bar yeah that's really all they and there really aren't the kind of the big offer is like a tonic water with lime which is fine Mm -hmm. but concerts have been the hardest thing for me and honestly part of it is my own issue like that's where i i used to go to concerts every weekend and i would just drink a lot like Mm. blackout drunk drink like that was kind of my thing is like going to mute going to music drinking like I loved that so that's just my own personal issue that I'm still working through um but I wish that local venues like I would love to go to a show at the bunkhouse I would love to go to show Mm. you know at Brooklyn Bowl and there are some places that have like a non-alcoholic beer but 
the options aren't great. And we were talking about well-being brewing. Yes. I wish that more local Vegas companies would carry their products because they're a really yeah. excellent craft brew that um, they even offer on tap. Like they have uh, other okay. bars throughout the country that have them on tap. So right. I, if you're listening, Las Vegas, like <laughs> that would be a really nice option. And even if it's not someone who's sober, like if you're pregnant and you're at a concert, like right. that kind of sucks that you're like, I guess I'll have this ginger ale. Right. Like, yeah. I wish there were better options. And mm. even someone who is a drinker and just says, you know what? I don't feel that great today. I just would rather have a different option tonight. Right. I think that there's still money to be made for venues to offer really nice alternatives. Like, sure, sure charge me 12 bucks for the non-alcoholic beer. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Just I wish that there was more, um, more options. Definitely. Yeah, I see that. And it's, it's, um, yeah, it's interesting. Where, are there any, like, places that you really love to go to or in Vegas specifically, that are more on board with um, non-alcoholic. I did an interview recently. I don't know if you saw with Bobby Franks, who's a bartender at Downtown Cocktail. Okay, and yeah. he was so generous to do that interview. And he said, you know, anybody that wants a mocktail, like come order. Oh, and yeah. I recently also went um, out to the Paris and Hex mm. Kitchen there. Um, they didn't have a non-alcoholic menu, but I asked the bartender because they had a bunch of sort of seasonal drinks with like yeah. fresh fruits and things. I said, would you be willing to make one of these without alcohol? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, like no one's ever asked before, but of course, and was super great to my friend and I, who is um, someone who just wasn't drinking that evening. And so I feel like if you are thoughtful about where you are, like, I, like Bobby said in, in the interview that he did, he's like, don't go to a dive bar and think that you're going to get some nice craft mocktail. Like, sure. know your audience. Like, be thoughtful. Yeah, right. If you're there, if you're at a dive bar, probably you'll get a tonic water. Or probably, you know, they might have a non-alcoholic bottled beer. Mm. That's kind of where it's going to be. Yeah. But if you're going somewhere else, most bartenders, even Frankie's Tiki Lounge, like, I have some friends who are drinkers and they really wanted to go there when they were visiting. Mm -hmm. And we went there and I explained to the bartender, I said, hey, I'm the designated driver tonight. At that time, I, like, wasn't identifying as sober. I said, would you mind making me something non-alcoholic? He was amazing. Like, oh, God. I think that people are willing to do that, and especially if you approach it thoughtfully yeah, and, like, sure. aren't an a-hole about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Why don't you have this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and if they say no, then they say no, and I have, you know, a soda water. That's fine. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I think the beauty of it is, you know, just ask. And, and the more the people that are. ask, I feel like the more they will have They're options. They're conscious of it, yeah. Well, and casinos are catching on. Like, the, all of the Gordon Ramsay restaurants have mm. non-alcoholic drink menus. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't know why, but I... That's pretty great. I noticed because I, I'm working on a blog post right now about all the different places you can have something to... Like, basically a non-alcoholic crawl up and down the strip. I love that. Of where you can get something different. Yeah. All of the Gordon Ramsay restaurants have something really fresh and, like, delicious, like a non-alcoholic uh, Moscow Mule or, yeah. like, a really delicious lemonade that's not just, like, a strawberry lemonade that also has, like, fresh herbs and things in it. Like, I love that. Really nice. What's nice is uh, with mocktails, you can get just... You can get just as crafty with yes. a normal cocktail. Yes. And I should mention there's a woman um, on Instagram that I follow. Her name is Marnie Ray. Okay. She is doing some really cool things where she lives in the Pacific Northwest and she's uh -huh. 
documenting, she's interviewing different bartenders about how to make great mocktails, you know, and she calls them soft cocktails, uh-huh. just meaning alcohol-free. Sure. Um, and, like, every picture that she posts, I'm like, oh my god, that looks so delicious. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I want to have that, and I love that, you know, mm-hmm. and it's something that you don't, it, if you're taking a break from drinking, if you just want a day where you don't want to drink, if you're sober, like, it's for everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of my mission, is to make it clear that Las Vegas can be for everybody. And there, and that's what I loved what you talked about in your first episode where you were so passionate about getting the word out there that Las Vegas is so much more than the strip and drinking and this and that. And um, I loved that. And that's how I feel too is like I love this city and I want to get the word out that like yeah. Vegas is so much more and so much it more is. diverse. And, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I never try to knock it necessarily, but I mean, look at where we are, like you and I are today, we're at Ferguson's and we're having, we have like a spread of cocktails and like, (laughs) there's so many amazing things to do down here as well as on the strip. But I think getting the word out there, especially for, um, people who are visiting Las Vegas and maybe they stumble upon your Instagram or your blog, you know, now they have options and they're conscious of, you know places they can go yeah do you have a lot of people or a good amount of people who reach out who yeah visitors yeah (laughs) yeah actually I it's been crazy like I have made new friends like that I've met in person because they are like someone that I've known online through the website through Instagram Uh and we've become friends and we've met in person and and um, when they visited, I have a friend that is going to come visit from Canada at the end of August wow. and we're going to go to seven magic mountains together because like, <gasps> even though we've never met, she's like, can we do something while I'm there? Like, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and again, like mostly I f- do focus like on relationships with women just sure. because that's, that's kind of my passion yeah. and, um, but it's been really crazy. Like I've had people reach out and be like, Hey, I'm staying, I want to stay on the strip, but, like, do you recommend a hotel that's, a, a you know, especially sober friendly? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. Uh, should I rent a car if I'm sober and I'm visiting? Which the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, I always tell people if there's any way that you can rent a car, please do. You know, and I've had folks who've reached out because they're on a business trip and they're mm-hmm. nervous and they said, you know, wow, this is really hard for me. I'm coming with a bunch of colleagues that are also drinking, like, do you have any recommendations? And my recommendation is always wake up early. Wake up early, go for a walk on the strip when it's not super busy yeah, yet. Yes. You know, walk. There's um, there's the Catholic church that's on the strip. And even though I'm not Catholic, oh, I recommend oh. that to people because it's be- there's beautiful architecture there. There's oh. beautiful stained glass. It's quiet. It's a place of, like, right. respite on the strip. Yeah. You know, I've tried to find little quiet places that I can recommend there's to a, people. Yeah, there's a couple shrines, too. I'm trying to remember. There's the... one at Caesars that's outdoors, like, yes. a shrine. Is it the, yeah, the, the, um, I'm trying to think. I don't want to. I'm not sure who it, I can't remember who it's dedicated to, but I, there are so many little spots like along things, the yeah. strip. There's the, um, the garden at the Flamingo. There's the Bellagio, mm-hmm. which has mm-hmm. so many options. There's an art museum there. There's a, yeah. um, you know, the, the botanical gardens. Like, even if you're stuck on the strip and you can't rent a car, there are ways that you can sort of, I don't want to say protect yourself, but sure. like keep your sanity Mm -hmm. um even if you're like I've had people reach out to me who are on bachelor or bachelorette parties and said you know hey this is a situation I'm coming into like what do you recommend and um 
so yeah, it's been, and I don't have all the answers. Like sometimes sure. I'm like, I've had some people reach out to me and say, you know, X, Y, Z is my situation. I've said, you know, I don't know, um, but I can help you mm-hmm. like maybe this or maybe that I haven't been in your exact situation, but right. I hope this helps. So, yeah, I, I love that. Cause like I said, especially from somebody who's only been here a year and a half, I came into Vegas thinking it's crazy party city. Like people are just constantly going to be drunk and I'm going to be around that. And it scared me, but I love that you are expelling that notion for people who are seeking that. Well, and I also do try and be honest with them. If someone is visiting and they've never been to Las Vegas before and they're sober, I I tell it to them straight. I say, this is really hard. I said, this is going to be hard for you. And if you're someone who is triggered by other people drinking, let me be very honest with you about what the situation is because I don't want you to be taken aback Mm -hmm. or to be in a state of shock when you walk into a casino floor and there's alcohol everywhere, or even when you're outside or on Fremont Street, I don't want you to be taken, I don't want to lie to you and say like, you know, this is the easiest place in the world to be sober. (laughs) I would never say it. (laughs) You know, I don't, I don't want to be dishonest. Right. And I want them to know like, okay, this is what I'm walking into just so that they can be emotionally prepared for that. I love that. That's, yeah, it's amazing. And I, I, for one... Um, I think you also say that you work on the strip or I in do, a location yeah. currently. It's hard. It is hard. Yeah. And, you know, I just, again, my, my thing is to each their own. And mm. if, if that works for that person to, to do that, then that's great. That's good for them. Mm. What's good for you may not be good for me and that's okay. Yeah. Is there any other, um, like tools specifically that you used on your journey Oh, yoga. Yoga? (laughs) That's been big for me. Yoga and um, honestly, I just had to rediscover everything about myself because I hadn't done anything sober in over a decade. I hadn't gone to a play. I worked in theater for a long time. I hadn't gone to a play sober. I hadn't gone to a concert sober. I hadn't, like, you know, gone out to dinner sober. I hadn't hung out with friends sober. Mm. So it really was rediscovering. So I had to get back to what I loved so or figure out what I loved outside of alcohol. And for me, sure. I go to the library a lot. <laughs> that is a beautiful place to be. And the library system in Vegas is incredible. They it have is. so many free events. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been big for me. Other tools have been just being upfront with my friends and saying, yeah. hey, this is what what's going on. Like, you know, I'd appreciate it. Don't offer me a drink if we're out. I appreciate the thought. Like, normally it's from a good place of like, hey, do you want to have a drink? Yeah. And I just say, you know, just don't even offer it. You don't have to. It's okay. Mm -hmm. And then the boundaries are sort of set. Mm -hmm. Um, Another tool I think that I use is is I I use the Headspace app. Um, Oh, that's a good one. I haven't tried that one. An Instagram friend actually had sent me a link to have um, a free, uh, an Instagram friend, Melinda, had sent me a, a link to have a free month on it, and I got oh. hooked, and I was like, this is great. This is, like, a nice way to unwind. Even with the baby, like, two minutes. I can do two minutes a day, and that makes a difference. And it's it's a meditation app, in mm-hmm. my friend. Okay. Well, yeah. This is meditation, yeah. There's, um, I don't know how it compares to Headspace, but there's Simple Habit, which is the oh, one nice. that I use, and they have a lot of free... Um, meditations. They're like, there's 5, 10, 15, 20 different um, minute meditations, and that one seems pretty good, too. Yeah, any meditation app, I feel like it's, like, such a good tool to have if you're someone that has anxiety, like, I have anxiety. (laughs) Me, too. (laughs) Like, I have social anxiety and and all kinds of stuff, so, Mm -hmm. and I should also mention, actually, honestly, the biggest tool was therapy. Yeah. At the end of the day, seeing a professional 
licensed therapist to talk about depression. Um, I also ended up, after I had my baby girl this past year, I suffered from like crippling postpartum depression and uh, ended up getting on some medication, which I'd really uh, been super anti my whole life, even though so many people in my life are on medication. Like I'd always been like, no, no. And under the the guidance of a therapist and and under the guidance of realizing like I've cut everything else out of my life like I've cut alcohol out of my life at the time I had cut caffeine out of my life I was doing meditation that I'd done everything and I still honestly had trouble getting out of bed and it was like I want to try medication and that has been really helpful and I don't Mm -hmm. know that it's something that I'll be on forever maybe I don't know but that has been helpful and also coming to terms with that stigma of like the more that I talk to people about it the more I'm like oh everyone has medication yeah it's so funny it's again it's one of those things where I feel like not enough people talk about it but now slowly you know it's it's fine if you need the medication and if that's your way for healing yes you know then you should use it yeah and it really like even though I was doing all those other things it wasn't until, even though I was doing therapy, I was doing yoga, I was mm. doing meditation, mm. I was eating healthy, you know, I was asking for help with the baby, doing all those things, and I still couldn't get out of where I was. It was like, I, I need to be honest with myself. I need yeah. something more. Right. And it was truly like a fog lifted from around my head. Like, I felt, yeah. I felt like myself for the first time in months. Like, so that those have all kind of been like like a 10% rule like yeah. this helped 10% and this helped 10% and this helped 10% and all together have helped me be a more whole and complete person mm. but i would say even the sobriety thing like that was just one piece of the puzzle sure you know it's a big piece of the puzzle right but i still needed all those other things to kind of start to heal and become yeah uh, healthy again <laughs> right and like you said to rediscover yourself yeah yeah so yeah. that's been good <laughs> yeah that's such an amazing story so for people um who are going into a sober journey or don't want to drink as much um, we have a lovely spread here today of mocktails so can you uh, talk to listeners about how you discovered mocktails and why you like them <laughs> what we have here today I'm just yeah. so excited. <laughs> this is actually kind of a recent discovery for me mm. it took me a while to want to drink anything that even resembled alcohol right. like I have now been sober and or like moderating for almost like what is this 2018 so like th- almost three years wow, now congratulations thanks yeah. um so it took me a while. It's really been within the past probably six months that I've been like, hey, I'd, I'd like to have like a special treat like yeah. at the end of the day, but sure. I don't want it to be alcohol. Mm-hmm. So um, I started kind of looking online. Marnie Ray, who I mentioned earlier, yes. the I like to think of her as the mocktail queen. <laughs> she, uh, with her soft cocktail recipes, has been really inspiring. And then mm-hmm. also finding brands that cater to people who are sober or non-drinkers so curious elixirs is one of those brands um i forgot the bottle opener so we can't enjoy that (laughs) one today but the three beverages that we made here i'll go through the first one is um it's uh belvoir fruit farms they they create um uh 
all kinds of like fruit-based cordials and mm-hmm. sodas. So this first drink that we're going to have is lemon spindrift um, sparkling water with an elderberry cordial. I'm going to look at this. Yeah. <laughs> and then the second one is... Um, is a ginger beer with uh, seed lip, which is a non-alcoholic um, distilled, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not uh, spirit, a mm-hmm, non-alcoholic mm-hmm. spirit that's out of the UK because like we were talking about earlier, yeah. the UK has really been on the forefront of non-alcoholic beverages. It's right. been awesome. That's amazing. And, and I was saying earlier, that kind of blew me away. I would have not, <laughs> honestly, I would have not expected that from them, but that's, that's really amazing. Yeah. And nice that they have products. Yeah. And what's also great is, um, these non-alcoholic spirits and, uh, you mentioned earlier non-alcoholic, uh, beer as well. Yeah. Because they're non-alcoholic, you can get them shipped. Is that correct? Yeah. You can get them shipped to your door, which is awesome. Yeah. So it's nice and convenient as well. And, uh, then this last one is, um, the uh this italian soda that you bought Mm -hmm. at trader joe's it's an italian blood orange soda and then i put there's this really cool company called dram apothecary that's based out of colorado and they do non-alcoholic bitters and non-alcoholic um uh like syrups and Mm -hmm. things so this last drink is the blood orange soda a juniper rose syrup from dram apothecary and then this little like blueberry sweet blueberry mixture that um i made this morning (laughs) can you um uh maybe give some tips for people who want to like dive into that uh realm i would say you know look around the mocktails hashtag is really really great Mm -hmm. there's actually also i should mention um there's a woman who just opened uh, an alcohol-free bar in henderson Wait, no way. Yes. What's it called? It's called um, the Water Bar and Lounge. I think I'm saying it correctly. (laughs) And I can't wait to go there. But she specializes. She has so many beautiful mocktails that she posts on her page. I'm so excited about this. And it focuses. It's really dedicated towards being a creative space for women. And men are welcome. But it's really, like, the way that she talks about it is she's like, this is geared towards women. Mm -hmm. Men are welcome. But, like, this is about women coming together in a safe space where they can enjoy, you know, non-alcoholic beverages together, Mm -hmm. hang out, like, they do creative parties, like, they're really cool, and I haven't had a chance to go down there yet, um, but it's an old, I think it's on Water Street. Water Street? Oh, Water Um, Street's been doing a lot of... I think, I have to double check, uh, so don't, if, if it's not, I'm sorry, but I should have checked my Instagram beforehand. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely have to look that up. <laughs> I'll I, send I'll send you the link to her page because do. she is awesome. Yeah. So I can't wait to go there. <laughs> oh, that'll be so exciting. Yeah, because I'm used to this. Is, what you made for me here is like ten times more than what I do at <laughs> home. I usually my trick is I'll take um, I love mango juice, so mm. usually it'll be mango juice and like um, the pepino, Lacroix. Just mix yes. that together, and I'm like ready for. Like, that's all I need. Ready so. for some relaxation. Yes, yes. <laughs> I love it. I'm really excited to try So these. should we try, which one should we try first? Do you want to go down the line? We'll try yes. the Hoover. You also brought these vintage Hoover Dam oh, glasses. Oh, yes, because I, I grew up in Boulder City. <laughs> you so, know, I have never been to Boulder City. I know. <laughs> Sorry, I? I just threw my glass down. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> it's 
awesome. I'm so glad I grew up there. Like, mm. my mom lived there, my dad lived in Las Vegas, so I got, like, kind of a little bit of both worlds, but yeah. the Hoover Dam is super near and dear to me. My mom worked there when we were growing up, so oh, these little Hoover Dam vintage cups, I and uh, yeah, some and these stairs are little from... stir sticks that were my great-grandfather's That's that he right. got uh, while traveling. These, this one's from New York, from the Hawaiian room at the Hotel Lexington in New York, which I don't think exists anymore. I'm not sure, but that's, <laughs> I love the history behind all of exactly. this. Exactly. So cheers. Cheers. <laughs> mm. That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that nobody Sorry, hates, everyone. like, yeah, this is a very interactive yeah. podcast, but if you hate the sound of people uh, having a beverage, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, this is delicious, and mm. this has the, is it elderberry? Elder, elderflower, yeah. Elderflower. I should show you the bottle for this, because it's really beautiful. And this is the one that's also from the UK, correct? Yeah, and this I bought World at World Market. Market. World Market has a, a lot of oh, really yeah. great non-alcoholic options um, in terms of, like, things to make mocktails with. I yeah. really recommend them. So it says elderflower cordial, a naturally lovely infusion of flowers and fresh lemon. Yeah. This is gorgeous. And the thing for me um, that makes me really happy about mocktails, the only reason I really used to enjoy well, for other reasons, too, that weren't so good. But I used to enjoy drinking was more for the flavor. Yeah. And as... I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, I, I mean, I don't... I think that I, part of the reason I enjoyed drinking was, like, I enjoyed all those flavors. Yeah. So it's... I, it's I nice totally, that you can recreate it, them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I totally get it. Yes. <laughs> it's like, there's that reason, there's not good reasons, but yeah, and... The big thing for me was wanting somewhat of a flavor, but without the alcohol yeah. and the alcohol taste. So, and this doesn't make me feel crappy. So <laughs> I love this. This is super good and very fr refreshing. Yeah. A really nice summer. I've really enjoyed that. They, they have a really good ginger beer also. Like that's I delicious. I feel like this would be really good with ginger beer yeah. too. I'm a big fan of ginger beer. Um, we also have... I don't know. Um, I think you have probably talked about this before. The rhubarb and yes. strawberry soda from Trader Joe's. So delicious. So Trader Joe's actually, um, I, I'm assuming you can attest for this, has a lot of great they do alcohol-free options. They have like multiple types of non-alcoholic beer. They do. Yeah. <laughs> they have the, I saw this ginger beer there. They had the rhubarb uh, strawberry soda. They had an elderflower one. They have lots of com kombuchas. Like yeah. some folks that are sober don't do the kombucha because it has like, you know, trace alcohol in it. But I was going to ask. Yeah. For me, like that's not a problem. Right. But, um, but yeah, they have so many and like mm -hmm. all the cold brews that they have that are, um, that are like canned and bottled. Yeah. I love Trader Joe's. <laughs> yeah, they're great, and I'm I'm really glad that um, I discovered this actually from uh, the Airbnb I was staying at in L.A. Ooh. He had both this and um, the ginger beer. He also had like a mini bar, but I I kind of gravitated gravitated towards these first, and they are delicious. Yes. <laughs> I love these. So for people who are looking for easy options where yeah. they, if they don't want to You don't have to mix anything. Yeah. Yeah. Just pour that over some ice. <laughs> exactly. A little mint maybe, but I'm a big, I'm a big fan of mint. So that was really good. The... So should we try this? Which one should we try next? Which? Let's, uh, yeah, let's go for the purple one. Okay. Now what, it, can you explain what this is again? So this one is the, uh, it's like a juniper rose syrup with Italian blood orange soda and like a blueberry, um, like a blueberry compote that I made this it morning. It smells really good. <laughs> oh, it's oh, light. Yum. Yeah. <laughs> it's really light and refreshing. This is a really good summer, like, little uh, mocktail if you're outside, like, with some refresher. friends. Yes. 
Oh, yum. I expect it to be, um, <laughs> because of the blood orange, I expect it to be, like, really tart, but I like yeah. that it's a little bit more subdued. I was a little worried that this one was going to be too sweet, mm. but it's okay. No, it's perfect. <laughs> and this is probably what I should start gravitating towards more, because I don't need all the sweet. <laughs> oh, I love the sweet. <laughs> oh, I know. This is how we, this we, is bonded, we bonded over on. <laughs> candy this morning. And I also brought donuts. Yes, we have donuts. We have some, uh, sea salt, butterscotch oh. caramels. Mm. This, I'm so excited. And then this last one, I'll show you the bottle for this one also. This is the um, Non-Alcoholic Spirit Seed Lip, which this company is so cool. They have been doing just awesome work in the UK. They have three, they used to only have two flavors, but now they have three flavors. This is the Seed Lip Spice, uh-huh. which is like a woody citrus um, uh, flavor. They have one that um, is... I think it's called Garden. That's like sort okay. of like a minty, herby one. Do you mind if I smell it? Yeah, please. You shouldn't... I will tell you with the seed lip, don't drink it on its own. Like, it definitely has to be mixed with something. It's really sour on its own and not in a yummy way. Like, they even say, like, don't drink this by itself. Um, Yeah. This... I can can smell the the spice in it. Yeah. So... This is a distilled non-alcoholic spirit. So, yeah. what is the process of making this? Do you know? Is it so? It it, it was actually a spirit. And... It will. Yeah, and I'm not sure if they take the. I honestly, I don't want to misspeak. I don't okay. know if they take the alcohol out of it or okay. if they distill it in a process that is non-alcoholic. But I know that they make it out of peas. Um, it's like distilled Whoa. peas. And um, they do talk about the pro. I've seen uh, posts where they've talked about the process. Mm-hmm. I just can't remember exactly what the process was. But um, yeah. Seedlip is a company. It's out of the UK. Okay, I'll have to look more into that because I was looking. What is the name of the beer again? That you or oh, the non-alcoholic beer? I'm sorry. Well-being Brewing. Well-being Brewing. And so, they're in Saint or outside of St. Louis in Missouri. Yes. So I was trying to read up on their website a little bit how they actually they take the remo- alcohol out yeah. of the beer. Yeah, because they were explaining that a lot of uh, companies who create non-alcoholic uh, beverages and beers, they it's called stop fermentation. Right, exactly. So that's why when, honestly, I'm grateful for those non-alcoholic beers because it is great to have an option, like if I'm at a concert or something, mm-hmm. but it doesn't taste that good. But the well-being, oh yeah. my goodness, it's so good. It may remove <laughs> the alcohol, yeah. correct? Yeah. That blows my mind. It has a trace amount, so I mean, I should mention that because again, okay. there are some folks that like don't want even a trace amount, and then there are some folks right. like myself who are like, a trace amount's fine. Like, I just don't want to get buzzed. I don't want to be... I don't want to feel drunk yeah. again. Right. Um, so it has, like, I think, like, 0.5% or something. Okay. Like, a teeny tiny amount. Very small. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Because I was reading it. I'm like, how do you even <laughs> do that? It's that's, that's amazing that there is options for that. Because I am um, someone who enjoys craft beers, but I don't enjoy the way I feel afterwards. Yeah. I don't know what is wrong with me, but uh, <laughs> after one... One beverage, one alcoholic beverage, I'm usually, like, I feel pretty sick and well, and next that's day like, is... Why it's sucks. nice to have these products is even though you're not someone who's, like, I'm sober, I'm never drinking again, like, there are nights where maybe you don't want to have... You'd like to have that taste, right. but you don't necessarily, like, want to feel that way. So exactly. I think that... I think that companies are starting to get smart and being like, oh, wait, there's like a really kind of a big market out there for yeah, this. Yeah, <laughs> it's here. <laughs> we'll buy it. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, like you, you have the market and they want it. So <laughs> right. Start providing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's really amazing that that there is these these sorts of options. So yeah. very good. So should we try this last one? Yes, and this is with the ginger beer. Yes. Cheers. 
Ooh. Mm. I like that. It's good. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of, I like that it's, um, like, with alcohol, I think there was a flavor that I enjoyed that was, like, a sour flavor, mm-hmm. and I like that this has yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no, you can, yeah, it's, it's, I, I hope this doesn't come off, like, uh, rude or anything, but it's almost comparable. Just yeah. Obviously, it doesn't have that strong alcohol right. flavor, mm-hmm. which I enjoy. <laughs> That's yeah. very good. <laughs> so it's I nice think. because there's so many options now. <laughs> yes, and you can get really crafty with it. That's yeah. something that I started exploring um, probably about a year, year and a half ago. Um, and I think it's pretty comparable obviously there's no alcohol but you can get the 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 garnishes you can Mm -hmm. you have these amazing little swirly (laughs) sticks and i am i'm very like a visually um like pleat like a pleased person so like these sorts of things i i like to gravitate towards but you know i don't have to worry about the way that i feel and i can make such a beautiful drink with this (laughs) blueberry uh like beautiful garnish and syrup in it and lemons and it doesn't have to be boring yeah that's yeah. what I yeah well I was gonna ask you even though you're someone who does enjoy you know a beverage from time to time mm-hmm. what are some of your favorite things to do in the city that don't involve alcohol a lot um really I I feel because I spend a lot of my time downtown mm-hmm. um this area makes me feel at peace so I, um, maybe for some people who it might be hard and triggering, um, but I just love walking down Fremont Street. Yeah. Um, if you go to Container Park, there are, there are a couple places that offer alcoholic beverages, but there's really great restaurants. Like Bin 702 has wonderful grilled cheeses. Yeah. Um, and they always have concerts there on the weekends. They do different, like, there's a beatbox competition, I think, last month. Um, which the downtown project helped put together. So that was, that's really cool. Um, I spend a lot of my time at Ferguson's. Nice. <laughs> but I like, um, I like going to, to vintage stores and I like shopping for records. So I go yeah. to 11th street records oh, often. I love 11th street. Yes. They're amazing. <laughs> I could spend hours in there. Um, also, uh, the writer's block mm-hmm. is a wonderful small, um, bookshop here in Vegas on Fremont Street, which they are moving locations, but they are still currently in the same location right now across from 11th Street. But that is like a wonderland. Yeah. I really love <laughs> it there. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I would say Container Park I like to spend my time at. Um, uh, oh gosh, what is. I'm trying to think of some of. <laughs> I'm a bad Las Vegas, like, Las Vegas. <laughs> well, let Vegan. me ask this, because I remember listening in your first episode that, mm-hmm. you know, you you have a passion for helping people see that Las Vegas is so much more than that, mm-hmm. um, than the strip, and mm-hmm. more than drinking, and more than just partying, which absolutely is a part of Las Vegas. It I, is. <laughs> I, I would never, yeah. you know. But what has been the biggest surprise for you, kind of moving here from like a completely the complete other side of the country like what have you been surprised by here honestly it it is a community and I I I do vouch for it every I feel like every time I talk to somebody new or I talk on the podcast but I come from a very small town and um uh it's funny enough the town that it's kind of unrelated but the town that I grew up in was dry so, really? <laughs> yeah, the the three my town and the three surrounding towns were completely dry, so you could not buy alcohol anywhere. So yeah, so that's an interesting fact um, in New Jersey, little town I grew up in. But um, I never felt like 
I belonged anywhere. Yeah. I'm also kind of, I was a very introverted child and had a hard time making friends. But, um, as an adult, even I'm like, there's not really anything that exciting to do. Of course we have the beautiful beaches and that's really wonderful. But, um, I've said it on, I guess that first episode that I was so scared of moving here. Um, I wasn't going to have any friends. Yeah. I didn't know anybody. And I moved here with my boyfriend who's in the military. So I really wasn't going to have a chance to meet anybody unless I started getting out. Um, and amazing that we have such a strong community on Instagram. So I just started yeah. on Instagram and I started meeting locals and people like yourself who are, um, local creatives, bloggers, people who just want to make a change in Vegas. And I coming into Vegas thought it's just party city and I'm going to hate it. Like I really thought I was going to live on the strip. Like, I really thought I was going to, like, live in a casino. And I love that you live so far from there, though. I know. I yeah, I'm, like, the very opposite end of the town. Um, but, yeah, I would say definitely just how open people are. Yeah. The open arms, like, mentality, especially of uh, the people downtown. Um, and I think wonderful. everyone, like... I agree. Like, when I was moving back here, because I'd moved away for a long time, and when yeah. I came back, I was kind of worried just that I'd feel really isolated. And mm-hmm. I, the, everyone that I've met here has been just so generous. Yes. You know, everyone that I've met as an adult, as a non-drinker, as, you know, a mom, like, now a new mom, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. people have just been so generous. Yeah, and there's, it's nice because there is these, like, niche little pockets for... Uh, for different groups of people like um, my friend Ashley um, Ayala she you know does little. she did a workshop yesterday for conscious mommies and she's the coolest I love her (laughs) a little fan out (laughs) (laughs) yes but yeah I think it's if you can if there's something you want or there's something that you, you want to get a group of people together, most likely it's either there or people are willing to support yeah. you and c- create it with you. Yeah. And that's, it blows my mind still. Me too. Like, I've been really, one of, uh, our, a family friend of ours, Justin Favela, who mm-hmm. does the Latinos Who Lunch podcast. Okay, yeah. Um, he, I've been so inspired by him, and he is so generous. Like, watching him build that podcast and, like, the way that they've built that community where it was like, we're going to build a community. Yeah. Like, we're not in competition. We're all together. Yes. And, like, I just admire so much the work that the, they've done with that podcast, him right. and Babalito, like, that, that... But I feel like that's a microcosm for Las mm-hmm. Vegas. Like, that mm-hmm. people really are helpful and do want to see the city grow and succeed and and I appreciate what you're doing with the podcast like I just I love so much that you um have a passion for the city and you didn't grow up here like you came from outside and you said this is special like that I think is is awesome thank you yeah (laughs) it really feels like home and I haven't been here that long so it just goes to show how amazing the people (laughs) are yeah and they yeah I just love Vegas so much. <laughs> it's, yeah, and I think there's a lot of cool things on the horizon, too. Yeah, I'm excited to see kind of Vegas 2.0. Yes. Yeah, and I think we're, I think we're getting there. So, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kim, is there anything um, else that you want to share for, for listeners or? Um, 
just if you if you want to read more you can visit the website at soberinvegas.com i'm also on instagram uh at soberinvegas and yeah thank you so much like thank you for being willing to when i reached out to you and said hey would you ever consider you know talking about this on the podcast thank you for being uh open to that that was really nice (laughs) yeah this is what it's all about so thank you for coming here and joining me and having a wonderful conversation and this beautiful beautiful spread we have here so i'm so glad that we were able to chat today my pleasure thank you so much brianna (laughs)